Tony the Tiger, the Lucky Charms Leprechaun, Toucan Sam, Mary Fuck Kill, which one? Ooh, uh, well, Tony the Tiger is sexy as hell, so am I going to marry him or fuck him? I'll probably fuck him. Um, I'm going to marry the Lucky Charms Leprechaun for his wealth, which means I guess I have to kill Toucan Sam. That's funny. We have the exact <laughs> same answer to this. <laughs> And nice. sort of the same reason, I want to marry the leprechaun because he's magic. Okay. I was also thinking, what? why aren't leprechauns lucky? Oh, I don't know, because they're uh, tiny. and But they, like, dispense luck. Like, everything about them is luck, but there is never a situation in which you hear about a leprechaun having a lucky day. Yeah, that's true. Like, the overall storyline and arc of all leprechauns is them fucking up. Yeah. Do they ever benefit from their own luck or they're just givers? I think they just like gold. And I mean, I guess that they could be they could come from privileged households. I don't know. <laughs> like they could have that definition of luck, like down packed, like all of them have trust funds, which I guess is what a pot of gold is. Yeah. I mean, rainbows, pots of gold, they're probably rich. <sighs> <laughs> then why do we keep I don't know. This is turning into a very strange turn of <laughs> phrase. Anyway, today's episode is on cereal. Oh, and yeah. And apparently Adam's going to make us sad. Go, Adam. <laughs> yeah, so I just looked into the history of cereal, which is oddly Puritan and I guess maybe depressing. Um, basically, kind of started with a guy named Sylvester Graham. Uh, he lived from 1794 to 1851. He was born to a 72-year-old man. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's not being born. That's just fucking forming out of a husk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. How did he get born to a man? Well, I mean, a woman gave birth to him, but uh, Came out the I, did, I said that kind of weird. <laughs> Urethra. I think that's probably how it was phrased. That sounds like how they would phrase some fucking ancient-ass bullshit. Uh, well, in my notes, I just wrote, Dad was 72 when he was born, so... Nice. I mean. <laughs> well, it sounded good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he moved around a lot, and he was sick a lot as a child. Um, because of that, he, his family kind of took care of him uh, in the early days. His uncle had a tavern, and he was like, hey, come work in the tavern. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, and he just let him drink all day? <laughs> no, working in the tavern actually made Graham absolutely hate alcohol. I can see how that would happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I had to work in a bar when I was 12, I would not have been an alcoholic, and I probably would have burned down a bar at some point in time. Yeah. I think, considering the time, too. I mean, this is like early 1800s. I bet it was absolutely terrible to be in a tavern. Or maybe a lot of fun, but probably terrible. Basically, after that experience, and because of his poor health, he decided to join the ministry. Um, so he... The band? <laughs> yeah. He just joined ministry. He's very into heavy metal. Uh, he went to join the ministry. He basically was in it like a training program for it. And... 
everyone hated him because he was too dramatic. Wait. <laughs> like, did, did it give a description of how dramatic? Like, was he, like, a, a feminine 10-year-old child dramatic? Uh, just, like, a lot of hands on the hips and fucking pointing and shit? I think probably yes. I don't know how childlike it was, but he was known to be very, like, boisterous. Basically stuff that would kind of make him a good minister. Yeah. Like, he's I, very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was just animated. So I tend <laughs> to think of the adult version of that as being animated. Yeah. I'd say animated works. Yeah. He was, like, very animated and emotional. But everyone else, I guess, was just annoyed by it. Yeah, I get that. People, <laughs> I am also that way sometimes. I'm either dead silent or yelling my opinions. So uh, he basically lasted at this school. I'm not sure how you refer to it, but he lasted for one year. I'm pretty uh, sure it's called a ministry, isn't it? Like, you it go is, to a ministry to be a minister. Right, but do you call it ministry school, or is it just It would probably be like a ministry academy or joining the ministry. Like, yeah. it might be an instant... Is it like octopus? Wait, that's not right. Octopus <laughs> isn't octopi, it is octopuses. Yeah, I've heard that before. That was probably from me. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you should probably start fact-checking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, but I But I got the octopuses thing from a fact-check. Nice. Um, so, yeah, after that experience basically he has a nervous breakdown which is a common theme of the original serial guys interestingly enough is having a nervous <laughs> breakdown yeah did he end up getting a bunch of money um i don't think he did i think at that time they probably didn't care about mental health i don't know exactly what happened well so <laughs> that's why i was like wondering if he got money and that just accelerated or changed whatever mental health thing he already had going on yeah i'm not sure but basically, after he left the ministry, he joined uh, the temperance movement. Uh, I thought you were going to say Black Flag. <laughs> he joined the temperance movement, which is basically like a prohibition kind of mindset or like a teetotaler. It's basically like live a sober life. And it goes a little beyond that. It's like don't indulge in luxuries, that kind of thing. It's yeah. It's, Basically, that kind of like be a Puritan and and don't definitely don't drink. That was See, like one of the. I've always thought that that would be an okay society, so long as you had like the purge situation going with that. <laughs> Just one day a year. Well, you could but all you murder. make it no, but you make it your birthday, so everyone can't do it at once. <laughs> Just one at a time. Yeah. What if two guys have the same birthday? That's fine. Yeah, okay. that's a small like that's a party. That's great, and I'm not saying the purges and kill people. I'm saying the purges and you're allowed to like drink and do non-Puritan things. Oh, okay. There's not just that's like a... on like one day of May I try and kill you, and then later that year you try and kill me, which would be fucking hilarious. I now agree with that, but for completely different reasons. Oh, uh, we could call it Zodiac something. Okay, because the purge already exists. We have to come up. Well, I mean, there is a Zodiac killer, but I think we're legally distinct enough. So. I also don't think <laughs> that we could get in trouble for using that because we would get more trouble for using it in oh, that right. manner because it would yeah. be making money off of a serial killer versus us using a name that is just has nothing to do with it and might actually skew it away from. True. And then we could get all of their fucking search stuff. <laughs> SEO, is that what yeah, which is kind of a dying industry. Oh, is it because of AI? I think it's because of AI and because um, 
Google really caught on to what people are doing and we're like, yeah, we don't like that. That's super fucked up. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> one of the only reasons we don't change our government for the better is because gamifying our government is part of how you govern. Yeah, like, well, Google wants you to pay them and not pay someone else to get to the top of their list. That's basically fine. what it comes down to. You fucking, he charges <laughs> the other people. <laughs> right. Isn't it make another level more magic money? Yeah. Um, so after joining the Temperance Society, there was a lot of hysteria at the time in America about a cholera outbreak, which was happening in Europe. It hadn't yet made its way to America. Um, so Sylvester Graham, like a lot of people at this time, was looking for solutions on how to deal with it. The general advice at the time was... Just sink boats. <laughs> yeah. Sink boats, kill a native, yeah. spread a disease. Uh, it works. <laughs> yeah. There's no good solutions in the past. <laughs> Uh, the advice at the time was eat plenty of red meat, drink port wine, and avoid vegetables. God, I miss when <laughs> the advice that came out to children involved drink port wine. A Just a little, Adam. It's for God. <laughs> a little bit of a tangent, but um, people thought that the cholera outbreak was a plague and a punishment from God. Um, I just thought this was a funny side tangent. A man named Jon Snow later found out that a, uh, a reason for a large portion of the outbreak in Europe was due to a dirty water pump handle. And he simply removed the handle and the cholera numbers went way down. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's insane. So I can't remember which gastrointestinal disease it is, but it, uh, it can survive outside of your body. And it specifically has a thing where it, like, hangs out in seats. Okay. So there's, like, a couple of trains in America that are just tourist trains that are, like... Just infested. They shut down, like, <laughs> every two fucking months because of complaints of people just having massive bouts of almost life-threatening diarrhea afterwards. Oh. And, like, one of them, they had to just completely remove all the seats. And they found, like, they went and tested the seats, and they found it in every one of the seats. <laughs> Does that happen on the brown line? Low-hanging fruit so. joke. <laughs> I really, really hope so. Dude, the only actual train I've been on that's been, like, a train, I got beaten by a butterfly. Ooh. It was the tarantula train, I think. <laughs> you were riding on the tarantula train? Where? At a zoo? No, this? <laughs> I think it's the name of the train line. Pretty sure it was in Oregon. Okay. But it was an old... I got made to do a lot of things that like old people are interested in for some reason. Yeah. We've talked about the Alamo. For some reason, adults bring children to the Alamo. Oh, I would never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to your history. <laughs> so basically because of this cholera outbreak... Yeah, he's trying to find a solution. Everyone's like, you got to drink alcohol and eat meat. And this guy, Sylvester Graham, was like, no, the exact opposite. <laughs> um, so he read a, a few works that basically led him to his conclusions. He read Treatise on Physiology uh, by Francois Joseph Victor Broussailles. What the fuck? <laughs> Is that just three words? Uh, four words. Okay. Francois, Joseph, Victor, Broussai. Okay. I wasn't sure if Victor Broussai was, <laughs> like, that or hyphenated. 
Yeah. No. Nope. Four names, I he, guess. He took his wife's name. <laughs> Maybe he did. That'd be cool. Uh, the, but the basic point of this book was what you eat affects your health. <laughs> yep. Then he read another book. It was called The Treatise on Adulteration of Foods. Wait, uh, you're cheating on your sandwich with your neighbor's <laughs> sandwich? Yeah. All the sandwich fuckers compiled in a single Don't volume. Dude, food, <laughs> food in porn is one of the worst things ever. Oh, I agree with you. And when people start talking about it too, like making food metaphors, I'm like, nah. you know you're not going to actually eat my dick, right? <laughs> Dude, nah, it's, I've never, thankfully this has never happened to me in real life, but like the movie thing where like some chicks like sexually putting whipped cream on something or like I sexually know. eating whipped cream, I'm just like, oh my God, that's disgusting and you're wasting a bunch of whipped cream. <laughs> like these are two things I don't like right now. If you would yeah. like to bang, um, you can just say something. <laughs> I would totally eat sushi off a naked chick though, but I don't see that as sexual. I don't know so. that I would do that. Like <laughs> I would be fine with that. Like when I was twenty five, but now I would have to have a conversation with the lady and be like, "Yeah, that's true. What are you? Why are you doing?" Is this a humiliating thing for you, or is this like you're getting paid a shit ton of money and you, for some reason, like this? Yeah, like were you raised uh, free range, cage free? Right, that's yeah. a horrible joke. It's, I mean, <laughs> that's a possibility, unfortunately, in the situation, which is why I ask. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he read Treatise on Adulteration of Foods by Frederick Akum. Uh, the basic point of this book was. Adding chemicals to bread is bad. <laughs> I mean, God, I already have like the fucking argument to just shut that down back in the day. <laughs> Be like, everything's chemicals, though. True. You can't make bread without the bread part, can you? So how can adding chemicals be bad? And there you go. I'm a fucking <laughs> high-class, fancy pants, what is it, 18-something lawyer? Yeah, you are now a bread tycoon. <laughs> I would fucking run circles around those bitches. Uh, yeah, so at the time, it was like, bread just spoiled really quick, and I, I guess a lot of the uh, precursors smelled really bad, you know, the wheat, yeast, and whatever. Uh, so people were adding chemicals, and this guy was like, yeah, that's bad. Sylvester that's a lot Graham. like the color. What they were just thing? adding chemicals to candy to oh, make right, it fucking yeah. colorful. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? We got it out of the ground. We made it in this guy's garage. Yeah, you don't like copper acetate? Come on, dude. It's green now. <laughs> so I'm uh, assuming their solution to all of this was just put shit tons of sugar and everything? Well, not Graham. He was really like a wholesome kind of dude i guess that's the best way to say it um after he read these two books it like really changed his opinion on food and then he also urged people to remain calm and he was one of the first people that actually realized stress could have an effect i was on gonna say health. blood pressure yeah the precursor to understanding stuff is you guys all die fast when you freak out all the time yeah he is sometimes cited as uh, an early example of preventative medicine, which I think he definitely Dude, qualifies. Dude, that's super fucked up that that's when an early example of preventative <laughs> know, like medicine 18. starts. <laughs> yeah. Like before that, the only preventative medicine was just like we didn't put lead in our food, which also is something that we still don't not do. Yeah. So basically, you know, all this stuff, he came to the conclusion that meat and processed foods are bad for you, and it's all just as bad as alcohol. 
he kind of tried to add that to the temperance movement. As a solution, he invented Bram wheat. Have you ever heard of Graham wheat? I'm Your assuming that that is the like first like brand of chronic <laughs> that they had, like the first strain. Yeah, Get that Graham wheat. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's is, is it whole fresh genetically modified wheat pressed into a pellet? Uh, it's not pressed into a pellet. I'm not sure if it's genetically modified. It is I'd... because wheat. In the sense that we completely bred it specifically for the structure. Original yeah. wheat looks a lot like original corn, where it's right, just like right. two kernels on the end of something versus the <laughs> yeah. beautiful amber waves of that we're supposed to get from the song. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he tried to uh, do further GMO, um, but gram wheat is basically just uh, coarsely ground wheat. Gotcha. So, you know, usually it's very finely ground. He thought that that was basically kind of taking some of the nutrients out of it. He's like one of the first raw food guys. Like he was also like, don't cook your food, like just eat. So the first thing he did that was wrong so far (laughs) is he's just like, do not cook your food. Uh, Well, he was into some cooking, like he was very into bread. Um, But when it came to like fruits and vegetables, he's like, no, when you cook it, all the good stuff disappears. Well, fruits, that's like sort of true. Yeah, vegetables much less so. I just watched a video on how you would actually have, like, what you would have to sit through to know how much uh, energy you burned to make the calorie thing on the back of boxes actually matter to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite intensive, and we should do it. Okay, I'm down. We need to tape off one of your rooms. <laughs> okay, we can use that room. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and we have. uh, I mean, we do have to burn our poop. (laughs) Well, I mean, so nothing new. (laughs) (laughs) But like, (laughs) but above ground, Adam, above ground. Oh, okay, a little different. Um, so yeah, he invented this gram wheat, um, and created a whole theology and diet aimed at keeping individuals pure and healthy. What you had to do is you had to drink pure water. Stick to a vegetarian diet, uh, which was anchored by bread that was made at home. Uh, you can't add any spices; those are considered stimulants. So he is one of the. Uh, I guess that would be vegan. I've never understood why eggs aren't meat. Well, so he would allow you to eat eggs, but you could only eat them for breakfast, and that was the only kind of meat product. Well, I know and some people don't consider that meat. And did bread? What, the eggs and the bread? bread. Well, some. Some bread. It's, yeah. Bread's one of those things that is made a lot of different ways, but one of those ways is with it. Yeah, I'm not sure how they were doing it at the Eggs time. Eggs is a good leavener, Adam. Um, but this basically led to kind of a, a movement of itself called Gramism, and they started setting up boarding houses across the country that basically... This sounds like a cult. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cereal cult. And by the way, cholera did hit America. Yeah, I know. But we all know this <laughs> But interestingly, people who were following Graham's advice did well. Because they had an okay immune system? <laughs> yeah, because they had like a tiny bit of nutrition and everyone else Well, was they just... probably compared to like people <laughs> who were just like slamming down fucking ethanol. Yeah. Like 
the regulation on alcohol alone back then, let alone it being fucking recommended in your daily diet, which I'm not against drinking every day, but definitely more for mental health than yeah. for. And I, by every day, I mean like a beer. Um, so cholera hits America, 1832. Uh, people, you know that that follow the advice did well. Uh, bakers and butchers were outraged and actually tried to like protest Graham. Yeah, because he kind of killed their industry a little bit. Well, a lot. Um, and that's also completely insane because that's like one of the earlier examples of like just how much easier it is to move paper than it is to like actually go and campaign personally. Because <laughs> right. that's what the meat and fucking that's that's the beginning of lobby. Yeah, it's like smart guy made a paper that costs nothing to put everywhere. We got to get a <laughs> bunch of people and billions of dollars to go fucking fuck the government. Uh, so Graham died in 1851 at the age of 57. Um, that seems mighty young for a healthy ass man. Yeah, I can't really tell. I mean, this is 1851 when he dies, so I'm like, is that old or young? That I think was, at that time a lot of people were still making it to like 70s. Well, so that's like a the the how old people could be versus how old the average is is like a huge misconception. People were living, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So like, but this is like a white dude that's kind of well off. Like, yeah, it would have been yeah. like mid to late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. But also, he is a fucking health guy. Yeah. So that was the interesting part of him dying. As he's dying, uh, the doctor is giving him opium enemas. That sounds fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, Boofing. Yeah, and they're also feeding him meat and making him drink liquor. Ah, uh, so this is because they hate it. They're <laughs> like, hey, you got a little sick. We're going to fucking feed you everything that you... Uh, and his body is not used to meat at all. Yeah, so some people think like that's kind of what killed him. I think Graham, oh. even on his deathbed, was like, I regret doing that. Why, um, why did he do it? <laughs> Probably because he was in pain and he's scared. I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, the opium thing is probably... Yeah, the, that's a good point. Probably sticking all that opium up the, <laughs> up the poop shit. <laughs> like, we did... Oh, man, we overkill with opium every time. Like, yeah. we used to be like, hey, man, we need to pull a splinter out. Smoke this for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, smoke it or shove it up your ass. I don't know which one. But enemas are also going to be a theme, you'll see. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> This is like one of the few things I super shy away from in porn, Adam. <laughs> so um, after all that happened, the vegetarian community kind of distanced themselves from Graham because I guess, you know, you can live your whole life, but if you turn back at the last minute, they're going to hate you. Yes, so. <laughs> that's literally, that's, that's a whole fucking, isn't that what Judas is? It's like chilling all the time until the last second. <laughs> oh. I didn't... Oh, no. Okay, we're still on the right track. So, <laughs> I fucked up. No, I fucked up fucking up. The next guy, and I'd say this is the guy who really invented the first cereal, right? So the, the gram wheat and the gram dough was an important precursor to cereal, both in culture and in ingredient, right? Yeah. So the next guy is James Caleb Jackson. Uh, he's 1811 to 1895. 
Yeah, he lived to be 84. Um, he was a farmer and abolitionist. Pretty cool dude. He, yeah, that's being a farmer and an abolitionist is like one of the things that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. When it's... you're like, hey man, fuck my labor force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially as a white dude in yeah, dude. the 1830s. That's fucking sick. Like... His neighbors probably hated him. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> so at age 33, he bought an abolitionist paper called the Albany Patriot. And he managed that until 1847 when he became sick. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another animal coming? <laughs> uh, he, he actually had been kind of sick most of his life, but I guess in 1847 it got really bad. He went to um, basically a health spa um, and took a water cure at Greenwood Spring Water Cure. In Cuba, water? New York. That's the one I was trying to think of. Cuba, New York. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, Cuba. Wait, so that is also not what you described. Just so everybody knows, you described it's the new something, so you were thinking there was a new Cuba? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So before the <laughs> podcast, I was like, this dude lived in like a, like a New York, but it wasn't new. It was just York, but I misremembered. It's just Cuba. <laughs> but, but we should make a new Cuba. Yeah, that would be cool. We should get a 51st state on the continental United States. That's what we can name uh, Texas if it secedes. Yeah, that's good. Because if we have to recognize them, we're kind of allowed to set the name. <laughs> like, no, you are New Cuba. Yeah. Isn't Ted Cruz Cuban, too? I That'd be don't like extra know funny. <laughs> anything about Ted Cruz. Well, hey there, sports fans. Unicorn Fantasy Sports is back with another season of the Fantasy Concussion League. A sign up today and get our special offer. That's right. A 20% extra shitcoin for your first win. If a concussion leads to the death of a player, you get a free virtual reality trip to Vegas. Let's go! Unicorp, the only choice for your future. Where was I? Okay, so James Caleb Jackson, he buys the abolitionist paper. He gets sick. He takes this water cure at Greenwood Spring Water Cure. It's basically hydropathy, which was like an emerging field at the time. Uh, they found out that water is great for changing the temperature of things and also washing things. <laughs> oh, so is this a bath? He took a bath? Yeah, he basically was like going in different hot and cold baths that were supposed to like do different things to him, and he started to feel better. <laughs> um, so that made him an advocate for hydropathy in the second half of his life. And then he invented waterboarding. <laughs> so he trained to become a physician, and in 1847, he opened up his own hydropathic institute in Glenhaven, New York, which I think is insane that within the period of a year, 
He both cured his sickness, oh, became a doctor, yeah. and opened a practice. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, remember when I was talking about running circles around these guys in the legal circuit? Yeah. That's I going back in time, I would either go all the way back before people or literally like eighteen forty. and just be the smartest man ever yeah that's a good time because that's like kind of before all the unrest and industrialization i can also speak that language yeah (laughs) and i like know enough about health that i can if any of the disease problems happen i'm pretty much untouchable and at that point in time like i can just make a legend about myself that i'm invulnerable to sickness and become king of america True. So along with his, oh, well, first I'll, I'll talk about the thing he, uh, his establishment. It basically became uh, one of the largest medical facilities in the country. He, he renamed it, it was called Our Home on the Hillside. Um, and at one point they had 20,000 patients. Dude, that's not okay. <laughs> that's too big. Yeah, that's huge. Like, that's you. What kind of care can you possibly fucking, even nowadays? Like, that's too many people for one place. Um, as he kind of got on this health kick, you know, he's doing his hydropathic institute. God, uh, he, and it was probably all baths, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it actually was. just a huge room and bath. <laughs> like, welcome to my health center, guys. But as he's getting into this stuff, he also believed that diet was essential to health. And he, he basically went down the path of gramism, including literally like, you know, eating the gram wheat and dough and everything. Uh, over time, he removed red meat, alcohol, and tobacco from the hospital. And then he created a breakfast cereal from gram flour dough. He... <laughs> Basically, this stuff, after he made it, was so incredibly hard that he had to soak it overnight in milk just to make it soft enough to eat. So it was kind of like tack. Yeah. And he called it granula. That's what the fuck is. I mean, <laughs> I'll admit, if I was eating granula every day, <laughs> I would feel like I was on some form of space mission. Yeah. Also funny that it's called granula because it sounds like granola, obviously, right? Well, granola was invented by Kellogg, and he did just keep calling it granula. And this guy was like, hey, I'm going to sue you. And he was like, all right, I'll call it granola. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's funny that hippies love the thing that's like <laughs> directly descendant from, you know, the thing they say they hate. I know. It's made me a lot of... I mean, this topic in particular, but kind of like with the candy podcast, too. I'm oh, like, dude, wow, this is bad. just uh, everything's bad. Everyone's stupid. <laughs> like, it's just. Yeah, it's like a revolving door of like misinterpreting something and then like doing the opposite and thinking you're cool. So, I mean, that's that pretty much takes us to Kellogg. But you got a lot to unpack here with Kellogg. He was uh, 1852 to 1943. So he lived to be 91. Some of this stuff is working for these guys. 90 fucking one. Yeah, no, what was working for them is the richer they are, the longer they've lived. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
He was a surgeon. That was his main thing, but he was also... Oh, he was actually... I'd take the money thing back. He was eating blood. (laughs) He was just getting that sweet stem cells. Yeah. Um, Before that, he was a teacher as well. And at a young age, actually. um, He started teaching when he was 16. Mm, Not okay. They didn't know shit back then, and then a 16-year-old's teaching. Yeah. Doogie Hauser. Um, so he was also a sick kid, common theme. He, in his childhood, he just read a ton. Like, that's, I think, kind of all he did. And basically self-educated. That's why he became a teacher at 16. At age 23, he got a medical degree from the University of Michigan. Did he just, like, mail in fucking proof of purchase of his fucking... <laughs> teaching degree <laughs> yeah it's like here is 30 dollars and proof that i read mavis beacon teaches <laughs> he sent in all the upcs from the books that he read because oh those were God. invented then like the old uh, pizza hut program well it would have just been <laughs> so it wouldn't have been upcs but it would have been serial numbers yeah all of that shit would have had serial numbers on it and printing press numbers, <laughs> True. just going back in time and finding his collection of books with little squares cut out on the back of all of them uh, so he was a, oh, well, let me back up a little bit. Went to the University of Michigan, you know, gets his medical degree. Um, just one year later, he became the director of the Western Health Reform Institute. Did he invent it? Uh, the, the title of director? No, the institute. He did not. It okay. was an already existing place. Because that has happened a few times with some of these guys where I'm like, oh, they really quickly rose in. Oh, that's their own business. Uh, interestingly, though, he did pretty much take the place over within one year. He renamed it and coined the term sanitarium when he renamed it Battle Creek Medical Surgical Sanitarium. See, I didn't get the name of it, but I knew that he had a sanitarium, and that's pretty much when I was like, oh, Adam's going to be covering all this. I should read (laughs) any of this. So the sanitarium, I mean, you can pretty much think of it as a hospital. You know, that's what it is, but... Mm, Have you played the video game Sanitarium? It it would lead you to believe otherwise. There's a lot more scarecrows and mutant children. I don't know if they had mutant children... Um, they almost certainly had mutant children. <laughs> that was a mental disability back then. They were like, this monkey girl is sick in the head. That's why she's growing so much hair on her face. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was f- very focused. So it's a little different. Like, at the time, there was, like, tuberculosis going on, which they would do. At the time? <laughs> it's still on the top killing list, man. Yeah, well, I mean, TB was, like, a huge thing at the time, and they would isolate people, so... Yeah, they had the fucking uh, fresh air right. uh, plan, where they'd be like, you go with a bunch of people that don't know you're sick yeah. onto this hill and get some fresh... And it worked a little bit. Yeah. So a sanitarium is, like, kind of the same concept, but a little more medical, and they didn't have tuberculosis patients. More animals. Yeah, <laughs> more animals. Let's see, where am I here? I don't know, did they? So, here's the thing, Adam. You said there might not be that many mutant children, but nothing about scarecrows? <laughs> oh, they just, had scarecrows. There's just scarecrows all over this place. Man, it was hard got to protect the gram wheat. It was hard to concentrate on what you were saying, because I just kept imagining scarecrows in, like, a medical institution. 
basically while this is happening, he meets his wife and marries her. Her name is Ella Ervilla Eaton. A triple E. I bring up the marriage because it's kind of interesting. They had separate bedrooms, no children, uh, but they were foster parents to 42 children, and they legally adopted eight of them. Why didn't they legally adopt all of them? I don't know. Sometimes they have a ranking system. These guys are fucking bullshit, build-your-own-new-kind-of-fucking-medicine-rich. <laughs> yeah. They can afford to shift some fucking early 1900s paperwork around for 47 people. Yeah, definitely. I bet you it was like, all right, it's Father's Day. <laughs> Gifts in a line. Best one gets adopted this year, and he only got eight years in. Maybe some of them were older, too, is my only guess. Like, you know, sometimes they'll, like, I know even current day, they'll take in, like, a 17, 18-year-old, and it's like, eh, you just need to sleep here for a year. Like, I'm... Well, or you could <laughs> legally adopt them, put a fucking credit card, like, True, them as a yeah. secondary as a credit card, and just use that for payments for a while and build their credit for a year while they live with you like a responsible fucking adult. <laughs> Can anybody tell I'm bitter? Yeah, so, I mean... Kellogg basically, you know, at that point, he's just the director of the Battle Creek Sanitarium. He starts kind of getting into a little bit of controversy, tension. I don't know what you call it. So, was he torturing people? Well, a little bit. That's a yes, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get it, maybe get into some of that here in a minute. He did, he thought he was kind of doing the right thing, but. A thing I didn't bring up about Graham also is that he was a seven-day Adventist. Um, So a lot of this stuff that he was coming up with, you know, the diet and everything, was also tied to the religion. Kellogg was also a seven-day Adventist, and he was a follower of Graham. I I don't know, like, if he took it all as, like, gospel or whatever, but he did read his works and, and followed it. He basically got... So the Battle Creek Sanitarium was owned and run by the Seventh-day Adventists, of which John Kellogg was a Seventh-day Adventist, right? He's one of them. But he started putting some opinions out that they didn't like. And it wasn't anti-religion, anti-God. It was, I see God in everything. Right? So he's like, nature, that's God. Like When you look at a tree, you see God in it. Yeah, and they were like, "Yo, dude, you're like a pagan. This this is getting kind of pantheistic. We're not into this." That's super weird because that's <laughs> the opposite of pantheistic, <laughs> right? But they were like, "Hey, uh, there's one God, and he's not in a tree. So can you shut the hell up?" And God he... <laughs> went and grabbed stuff to make stuff from, right? Uh, but he kind of wouldn't back down. Um, so they actually gave him a ticket. That's, that forced him to give a speech about how science and religion coexist. I guess this crowd was super pissed, and then he gave the speech, and they were like, oh, okay, thanks. I don't <laughs> understand. What? I don't. <laughs> I'm so confused this by is, this. Well, because this has to be a religious thing, where he can get a ticket from his religion? I think it was, Because yeah. that's like if your dad walked up to you and was like, here, man. Uh, all of your cousins hate you because they don't understand what you do for a living. So can you go make a speech? I would say no. You know, this created a very tense situation because the church owned it, but 
Kellogg had been running it for years. Like, I think they were purely a money thing. I don't think they really knew what was going on or like how to do it. Yeah. So they start really disliking John Kellogg, but he's like, he still loves him. He's like, no, the church is awesome. You guys are great. I want to spread your teachings. And they're like, dude, we are not into you. <laughs> I mean, good for him. <laughs> yeah, so, fucking Rick and Morty, their asses. Just yeah. straight up like, I don't like my own fucking followers. So they're trying to kind of shut him down. And I think also shut down the hospital, really. In February of 1902, the building burned down. Yeah, that sounds like an accident. <laughs> well, almost everyone escaped. Uh, the property damage was 300 to 400 grand, but their insurance policy was only for half of that. Oh, <laughs> so that's fun. Was it a cow? Uh, it probably was a cow, yeah. It's it a cow. Where there's fire, there are cows. Fucking cows. Um, so then, you know, they get into this whole thing about rebuilding the church. Or, I'm sorry, not the church, the hospital. Uh, the church didn't want to, um, and they claimed that it was an act of God to right the ship, you know, that this thing burned down. Yeah, it totally wasn't fucking <laughs> that guy that they sent to burn it down. But Kellogg was like, nah, fuck that, uh, and he rebuilt it twice as big, fireproof, and it <laughs> opened up a year right, later. <laughs> fireproof is a little fucking braggarty and asking for a second fire. <laughs> it's the unburnable building. Well, what if it's covered in gasoline, Adam? And uh, the rebuild cost seven hundred grand. Kellogg financed a large portion of that uh, by selling a new book he had written called "The Living Temple," which literally just told the story of. It, so it didn't tell the story of why he got disfellowshipped, um, but it had all that knowledge in the book. So kind of funny twist of irony, you know. That basically funded. Yeah. <laughs> Building this uh, hospital like, back. By, by the way, I'm going to fucking rat you guys out. <laughs> yeah. Read my memoirs. While he is doing the, uh, this whole uh, Battle Creek sanatorium, he is also actively developing an aphrodisiac foods. So I'm sure you've heard of aphrodisiac and you know just the opposite. So these are foods that are literally supposed to turn you off. Make you stop lusting. Red five to your evening. Topping. Holy shit. I thought you said simulation. Uh, well, I certainly did. You ever read, uh, Enderskip? I think my great-grandpa did. Well, this is kind of like that. Uh, just buy a copy and, uh, load up the game RRH. This message was brought to you by the Revolution LLC. Uh, yeah, so we were talking about making an aphrodisiacs to make you stop lusting. Yeah, like, because to my knowledge, there's nothing emotionally makes you stop lusting but there's like saltpeter which make dick no work yeah true yeah but i'm not like man i'm horny then i eat a granola bar and i'm like not anymore <laughs> i mean so realistically you could just sexually play with food and that would immediately stop it like we were talking uh, I guess, about earlier yeah so like whipped cream 
is an <laughs> aphrodisiac for me. You just gotta fucking look at somebody trying to sexy themselves up with something sticky and or foodish. So as he's doing this, you know, trying to make these anaphrodisiacs, he's uh, messing around with starchy foods for a few reasons. Uh, so he develops a dough, right? It's a mixture of wheat, oats, and corn. He basically bakes that at high temperatures, and then he breaks it into small pieces. Um, this is, like I mentioned, he, he starts selling it, and he calls it granula. Right, he gets threatened with a lawsuit, and then he starts calling it granola. Um, but in 1890, he formed the Sanitas Food Company uh, to develop and market these products that he's creating. That takes us to cornflakes. Right at this point, they have the food company. They're trying to develop these foods. His wife Ella and his brother Will are working for him. Right, they have basically huge ovens and rollers and they're just like making new doughs baking stuff trying to like put these food products out so there's a few different stories about how the cornflake came about and basically like the three people that were involved ella will and john all had their own story but there's a kind of agreed upon one i guess ella's story was that uh, she suggested rolling the dough into thin sheets, and then John actually developed rollers to do that. I guess there's another story. I think this was John's story was that he had a dream about the cornflakes, and then he just used his wife's kitchen and made them. What is the most likely story, from what I could tell, is that John left out a batch of wheat berry dough. And when he came back the next day, instead of throwing it out, uh, he sent it through the rollers and found that he obtained a delicate flake, which he could then bake. And what he had discovered, basically, was the process of tempering. I mean... Food tempering. Re, no, well, rediscovered. Well, yeah, I definitely guess people a very, have been very, doing very, it. Well, you also you temper eggs, you temper cream, and like, these yeah. are things that... Uh, you want to tell the French that the American discovered in the 1900s they will fucking stab you yeah i'm not sure if anyone had done it in this exact way i guess this may be the distinction almost but. certainly in this way because when you said he developed a roller i was like oh you mean like a croissant roller that's existed for <laughs> over a hundred years at this point oh yeah the rollers for sure yeah but that's why there. i'm like oh these like they're not doing any research which is like back in the day research involves boats right so it's kind of understandable <laughs> Um, he actually patented this process. It was patent 558,393, approved in April of... Just April? That'd be <laughs> fucking hilarious. It was born in May. Is it? it was approved April 1896. And the patent actually covered a variety of grains, not just wheat. So it kind of made him like a serial monopoly for a while. Um, and it was only John on the patent, which caused some trouble with Will. His whole life, he thought he should have gotten more credit for it and was pissed about it. But he decided to do something about it in 1906. When he killed his brother with an <laughs> axe. Uh, Will and John got in an argument because Will wanted to add sugar to the cereal. And John was like, absolutely not. There was a decades-long dispute 
about the company. It eventually became the Kellogg Company. So when Will first founded it, it was called the Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company. Dude, that's a way cooler name. <laughs> it is. It became the Kellogg Company, and basically uh, Will won the dispute. He had the rights to the name, and John was not allowed to use the name for any of his cereals. So basically the company that you know today, it still does exist today, that's Will's company. John did eventually feel bad about this whole thing. He tried to rekindle the relationship. He wrote up a whole apology letter and tried to send it to Will. He gave it to his secretary. His secretary saw it and was like, this paints my boss in a bad light and decided not to deliver it. (laughs) That's not a good secretary. That is an awful secretary. Yeah. I mean, that's some fucking uh, Alfred shit. That's yeah. literally something Alfred did. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, Batman Alfred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he literally, didn't he fucking keep a fucking note from him? I think he did, yeah. That's, In the most recent movie, they show that too. I don't know if it's the most recent one. I kind of remember that in a movie. I think it's one of the, it's the Dark Knight. Because I think he'd like, when she dies, he's like, and here's the letter I didn't give. So uh, Will did eventually read the letter. It was after John had died. So, Perfect timing. Yeah. I mean, at that point, too, it's like Will had to be at least in his 80s. You know, Kellogg died when he was 91. I don't know how far apart they were. Kellogg is a weird mixed character. So it's like there is some good stuff, right? He, I'll bring up some more of the good stuff that he did. Um, he is credited as one of the inventors of peanut butter. I guess there's really a lot of them that were doing it at the time. You know, George Washington Carver is the guy who's kind of usually accredited for it. He actually corresponded with George Washington Carver quite a bit. So I was just actually the way you were describing this. Do you know like the difference between or like what the great man theory or like how to describe history? Great man. I may have heard of it. That's not ringing a bell. It's literally exactly what you were just doing. And then you're describing, uh, fucking historical materialism is like a marxist belief like you're transferring (laughs) into it basically the great man theory is that like kellogg kellogg was the driver of this he's the guy he's the great man in it and Mm. it means great as in large oh i thought you said main at first yeah the great man okay and then you go into is one of the guys who was in peanut because in reality it's not like one guy (laughs) ever it's a bunch of people doing everything and that's why people like for some reason, credit Edison with inventing the light bulb, which he didn't do. I read into it a little bit. I, I kind of feel like George Washington Carver actually did the least. He kind of like crossed the finish line. But, but that's, I, that's exactly how it works. That's Edison yeah. <laughs> just made a filament that goes longer in a thing that was invented by other people, several other people at the same time. When he... Yeah, he was working on peanut butter, and he actually, there were different nut butters that he would serve in the hospital, and he was really excited about it. He, like, wrote a letter to the original Graham lady. Uh, Yeah, he was probably (laughs) looking at their poops, being like, these are amazingly consistent. And he was just all stoked on it. He claimed that he did not uh, patent peanut butter explicitly. But there, it's kind of a lie. There were two patents for nut butters that he actually did submit in 1895. 
and before anyone else had ever submitted a nut butter patent. He claimed that, this is the direct quote from him, stating that it was intentional. Let everybody that wants it have it and make the best use of it. Which kind of became a little bit of a theme later in life. We're talking about the good things about him. He also invented, or created, I don't know, invented um, a meat substitute product. Because, yeah, he's a vegetarian. He called it nuttos because it was mostly made from nuts. Yeah, it seems to be his shtick. He didn't patent that one. Um, but then he made a second version of it called Protos. In 1901, he did patent that one. And that one was actually a blend of nuts and cereal. So. That, that's just a granola bar. He also developed the first acidophilus soy milk, uh, which he patented in 1934. There's a little bit of a, uh, an interesting trivia fact on this one. Uh, it cured a bowel infection in one of the Dion quintuplets, which the Dion quintuplets were the first quintuplets to survive. Indeed. None I have. would also be very dubious on whether or not that cured it or it went away. I'm pretty sure it did. So acidophilus is still very commonly used. A really good probiotic. Uh. And Kellogg was also uh, one of the first people to notice the importance of gut health and how it related to your physical health. Something that people didn't really realize for like almost 100 years later. Oh, dude, we're still... Yeah, we're still, still figuring it out. Well, we're still being... Like, we're just kind of at the point where like most people accept it. Like, yeah. When we were in high school, if you told somebody that you had a gut biome, they would have told you you're fucking high. <laughs> He also, so in, the, in his era, electricity was also becoming a big thing. He saw potential uses for it you know, in the medical and therapy fields. He actually invented several devices that used electricity in one way or the other. A lot of them were just heat baths, which are basically like, like Iron Maidens with light bulbs that you like get into that's, and warm up. That's gross. skin flake boxes yeah he also invented a a vibrational therapy chair which (laughs) it's it works by uh high frequency oscillating sinusoidal electric current the fuck is sinusoidal basically what this is is like i understand everything but sinusoidal (laughs) i looked up the definition and i remember this from school too it's, ba- it's basically just high-frequency oscillating. So I don't know why that term so is kind of doubled supersonic? up. Um, you can kind of think of it as the... Have you seen those like electric things that you hook up to your abs and it's supposed to work out your abs? I think those are literally just called electrodes. That's what this was, but it was a chair. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could sit in it for 20 minutes without pain. I guess after that, maybe it starts to hurt. Well, I, I mean, don't know. those electrodes hurt if you fucking... You can cramp yourself up. Yeah, and it's actually, the chair is still on display, and I, I believe in working condition in Michigan. Yeah, he was always on this borderline of like, ooh, religion, science, can they coexist? And I think he kind of played that border with a lot of stuff, and especially emerging technology, because he really believed in electrotherapy and hydrotherapy. But I guess at the time, this was a huge fad, and it was kind of like a cure-all. 
Yeah, so he's just electrocuting the shit out of people and fucking giving them a bath afterwards. Well, so he would constantly trash it. Like, okay. in the public, he'd be like, yeah, this is bullshit. You guys are all crazy. Well, electroshock therapy is useful for torturing people into doing it. <laughs> right. And it does have its uses, too. And that was the thing with him. Like, he'd kind of on the side be like, no, but it is useful. Like, these guys are just idiots and they'd use it too much. Yeah. But, like, it's cool shit. And then, of course, this is one of the things that I heard about John Kellogg. I've heard it a few times. Didn't know how true it was. He was very anti-sex. He considered sexual climax to be a serious exhaustion of nervous energy. <laughs> he wrote, this is a direct quote from him, Sex is accompanied by a peculiar nervous spasm, one more exhausting to the system than any other. It is believed that he did die a virgin. So the, the thing that I was bringing up that I've heard frequently is that... Um, John Kellogg was actually the guy that pushed circumcision in America. Well, uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> and I've often heard the story told as, like, he was super anti-masturbation, um, and basically he developed cornflakes, you know, so you could chew on some nasty food instead of jerking off. And, like, in addition to that, he was also, Those like... Those two things don't sound related. <laughs> like, they don't have to be. I know. Like, this you is can the way... just have cornflakes and be a weird, neurotic, non-masturbator. Yeah. So this is the way that I've always heard the story. It's kind of partially true. I guess as far as the thing of, like, he was the one that led to the widespread use of circumcision in America is not really true because he wasn't taken seriously at the time. I think people just thought he was, like, kind of crazy. It kind of didn't happen, I guess, till later on in America. And also, he, he did not believe in it for everyone. It was only if you were a chronic masturbator or if you had you know, some kind of issue that you would need to do it. But he circumcised himself at age 37, which makes me think he had a masturbation problem. I don't know. Yeah. Or this all kind of makes me think maybe he got a really nasty dick infection when he was a kid. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Because that's always been my issue with the whole popularization of circumcision amongst non-religious people has always been explained to me is because you stop from getting infections, but you should just teach your fucking kids to wash their dicks. Yeah, for real. Like, literally, we have, like, I've neurotically had my hands washed, beaten into me. It's not that hard to fucking teach somebody to wash stuff, especially if there's like actual physical evidence when you're like, and that's a yeast infection. Yeah, I agree with you. I think circumcision is a fucked up practice. And yeah, it's like, what if your kid gets an ear infection? You're not going to chop off his ear. Like, <laughs> I, Adam, have you read history? We're just everything you read just now. Does that make you think that we wouldn't do that at some point in history? <laughs> So yeah, he was like weirdly uh, anti-sex. He actually wrote uh, a book where he shared a lot of these ideas. Uh, it was called like the, the Plain Facts. The title changed a few times too. Uh, and he would add on to it in his later years. Actually, one of the things they mentioned was like his honeymoon was adding 186 pages to the book. Like, I don't think they went on a cool vacation or something. They just, like, sat together and were like, 
let's write some weird shit about sex. <laughs> yeah, they just took a, like a writer's retreat. If you can't tell, we've gotten into the bad part of John Kellogg. Yes, the <laughs> biography of John Kellogg's that the, this has become. There is a lot of motherfucking Kellogg bullshit. Yeah, so the sex stuff gets a little bit worse. This whole thing was kind of centered around, like, you should never be having sex, and if you do, or if you start masturbating, like, you need to turn that shit around and, like, stop it. Uh, other things in this book are other cures, basically. And he suggests tying your hands up, a chastity cage, an electrical shock, or burn off your clit with carbolic acid. How expensive is carbolic acid? I would think relatively cheap, probably especially at the time. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll let you decide uh, what, what to think of John Kellogg. But I do want to share a quote that he, uh, he put out at the end of his life. I desire to make clear that the food business I have been carrying on is a part of my general scheme to propagate the ideas of health and biological living. Otherwise, I should not have engaged in it as a commercial enterprise but I have carried it on as a part of the general philanthropic work in which I was engaged. What's the philanthropic part? I guess he thinks, you know, by um, introducing Cashing nutrition, in, basically. By charging a bunch of people for all of the information <laughs> that he had. Yeah. All right, I got a quick part on one of, one of the last original breakfast guys. Uh, C.W. Post. He was 1854 to 1914. Died at the age of 59. Um, he, his first big uh, serial in, invention, I guess. I don't know what to call these things. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it when it's a fucking like tent company startup? Because it's the yeah. exact same thing where they just make some shit up. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, this is our product now. Creation? I don't know. His his big creation, the first serial creation that he made was Grape Nuts. Oh, yes. I fucking know all oh, about oh, Grape Nuts. <laughs> grape Nuts have hurt my teeth for forever, long before I had bad teeth. So he started advertising the Grape Nuts, um, and he put out an ad in, uh, well, he put it out in several newspapers, I guess, but then a magazine published an article questioning the claims he made in his ads uh, because he was claiming that grape nuts could cure appendicitis. Okay. CW Post responded to this with advertisements again in the paper, questioning the mental capacity of the article's author. Dude, I fucking... <laughs> I miss that, but that is like what Facebook is now. Like, I think if it took two weeks... For your Facebook to post yeah. what you write. Yeah, yeah, like a delay. It would be so much better. Because it'd just yeah. be long, scathing reviews and a lot of stuff. Like, I don't think people would take that time to, like, stop and reflect and make it better. I think they would sit there and, like, hone in on shit. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, make these fucking Shakespearean masterpieces. Somewhat ironically, early March 1914. Uh, Post was believed to be suffering from appendicitis. He, uh, I will say though, um, before this like appendicitis thing, he dealt with lifelong abdominal pains. Oh, cool! Did he yeah. also fuck with chemicals? <laughs> Probably. Like, do you know your appendix does? I don't. I. 
Isn't it one that... Oh, no, I'm thinking of the spleen. What does the appendix do? The spleen is also necessary, no matter what anybody says. Um, but we don't really know its full mechanism, right? Yeah, but like, we know it does stuff things. that it does. <laughs> yeah. that, that, so the appendix is basically your poison repository. Oh, right, right. That's so, why bursting is such a bad well, thing. And so one yeah. of the things it also does is like a lot of trace metals and stuff. When you're right. younger, you get stored in there and shit. It's one of those things that you can survive just fine without it now that we live in a situation where like we eat and like basically we get washed stuff so you yeah. get exposed to enough like mild poisons i guess um so you know march 1914 they put him on a non-stop train because at this point he's rich he's like one of the richest people in the world yeah so they put him on an emergency non-stop train and he was operated on by william and charles mayo mm, of the clinic yes i'm kind Those of surprised mayo boys. that they didn't <laughs> have a hospital train um the surgery was a success but posted he had no relief from the abdominal pains uh so in may of 1914 he killed himself with a gun I mean, I can see it. If I managed to survive, like, I was throwing up out my nose when I had my appendix out. Yeah. If that had lasted for, like, months. Yeah, I've always heard horrible things. I, I've heard your story. It sounds like a, tor- a terrible... Did I tell you what the fucking doctor told me while he was in there? Because he was checking me for appendix, and basically he, like... Like, raises your arm. Basically, what you do is you want to put, like, a little bit of stress on the appendix, like, muscular. Yeah. So you can tell if it's sore. Right. And, like, he did that, and he's like, yeah, you're lucky I uh, like you, because otherwise I would have just made you stand on one foot and cough. And I was like, what? And he's like, if you, like, want, you can try that shit. So the second he left the room, I did it. I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, no. Oh, I do want to say real quick, just because it's on my mind, and I realized I just skipped it. Kellogg was a big believer in enemas and he also used to give himself yogurt oh, i was gonna say was it milk <laughs> enemas is this actually why people put milk in cereal it's because this was some fucking weird creepy thing he did but no he you did. said yogurt so it's just parfaits have yeah. no fear guys <laughs> yeah so post i mean he killed himself in the end um you weren't lying when you said that all of this was sad. <laughs> yeah it's insane um he left the company to his 27-year-old daughter, Marjorie, uh, and she, I'm actually somewhat interested in reading her biography. I don't know if she wrote it or if someone else did. It's well, biography, autobiography. Well, is it a biography or not a biography? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it's a biography. I would assume. Not a lot of people go <laughs> for the autobiography. Yeah. She, Yeah. I agree. She kind of seems like she may have because of the time and well, of her wealth. I was going to say, I feel like back in the day, you would have done like an autobiography, but it would have been like 200 pages or something. <laughs> yeah. Like not a fucking deep dive. You know, interestingly, the company continued its success. I think if anything, it became more successful. Oh, you mean like the multi-fucking billion dollar corporation <laughs> that it was? Well, I say interestingly because Marjorie hated her dad. Um, because uh, C.W. Post had married a woman in 1874, and he had the one daughter that was Marjorie. Um, but 
he was in very poor health. Like I said, this woman like nursed him, took care of him, did everything for him. Um, and then once he kind of became healthy, he just started traveling around and like distancing himself from the wife. And then he married his 27 year old secretary. Uh, but he hired the secretary because she was about the same age as Marjorie, hired her to be Marjorie's travel companion, but didn't tell Marjorie, oh, this is the woman I'm about to marry. She just thought it was like a random travel companion. So they had started to become friends. And then she found out what the truth was. And I guess she resented this woman forever. Yeah. And her dad. Which that's, is totally that's a understandable. a justifiable thing to happen, man. Yeah. Sorry, Winnie. I didn't mean to scare you with my indignation. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, she kept that post name alive and... I mean, the company was very well, yeah, successful. If somebody gives you a bunch of money just because you hated them, if they're dead, you kind of won. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also, sticking with common themes. Um, is depression the common theme? Yeah, it is. So CW <laughs> Post uh, had a mental breakdown in 1885 and left for a, a new life in Texas. Uh, he met some real estate developers. Kind of became a real estate guy, but ultimately failed at it. Uh, and then had another mental breakdown. And it led him to an extensive search for a cure. He focused on digestion in particular because of his abdominal pains. And he ended up at, any guess? Fucking sanitarium? The Battle Creek Sanatorium. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is where he got all his cereal ideas. He basically was served the early cereal that Kellogg was making and just stole it and renamed it. Oh, this is a fucking, what's it called, Xerox? <laughs> yeah. That's a deep cut for any of my fucking nerd friends who are listening to that. If you understood that reference, you should probably go get laid. I mean, so that's all I have on the history of cereal. But I did also want to bring up video game cereals <laughs> once again the second you say video game cereals for some reason aol cds in a bowl <laughs> so i just thought of this because i i'm very much into amiibo uh it's one of my very nerdy interests amiibo if you don't know are just figures that you can scan into video games and they'll give you some kind of thing in the game for anybody who thinks when you said very into that was just kind of like a flyover <laughs> he's very into them yes, if you I find do. rare ones send them I mean you don't have to because I already have them all <laughs> Shadam <laughs> this is what made me think of the video game cereal is because Nintendo actually put out a cereal it's called the Super Mario cereal but the box was an amiibo so you can actually scan oh, you the can box scan it? that's yeah. cool did you happen to look up anything about C-3PO cereal? No. It was like, it ended up being like a perfect model for a marketing ploy. Because it was nice. like, there's no standing legs to anything C-3PO. Yeah. So it only existed for fucking uh, like two years directly <laughs> after the movie became fucking huge. So the entire market was desperate. Yeah. And now the boxes are just fucking worth all kinds of fucking money. Yeah. So... A lot of the video game serials, I mean, there's like 10 or so of them. We're in the 80s. That was like 
I th- in the 80s, it was all kind of getting commercialized, right? It's in like, the 80s, make a cereal, make a toy. <laughs> you'll see later. I had an issue because of the 80s with something that I have. Yeah. So in the 80s, there was also a Pac-Man cereal, a Donkey Kong, and a Donkey Kong Jr. cereal. And there was the Nintendo cereal system, uh, which was, it was one box uh, that was split in half, had two bags. Half was Mario, half was Zelda. Mm. Came out in 88. Like the nerd cereal. That was actually made by Ralston Purina, which later turned the into dog the... dog food? Yeah. Yeah. And also Ralston came from a really fucked up cult. I mean, yeah. Once you, <laughs> if you start actually looking at cults, roughly a quarter of America during this time was in one form of what is considered a cult. Back then, they thought they were just parts of religions because they didn't have access to a large swath of the world. So this guy, uh, Ralston, was basically publishing articles in a health club's magazine. Yeah. And it was like yeah. it was all eugenics stuff, like really racist, like, oh, we got to create the perfect race, which was actually something that Kellogg was into, too. And like the last 30 years of his life were all about eugenics, <laughs> which is... People put the perfect <laughs> man in your cereal foods. Yeah. So other video game cereals, though. Uh, we've got the Pokemon cereal. It was basically Lucky Charms. Came out in 2000, and they reissued it in 2020. Yeah, what I have found is there are actually only like six or seven cereals. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Minecraft Creeper Crunch also came out in 2020. It was like a Lucky Charms, but a cinnamon-flavored cereal with Ugh. marshmallows. See, in my head, that didn't go like light cinnamon flavored. It's just <laughs> yeah. like the flavor of the cin- It's just straight like cinnamon challenge chunks. Ooh, that's a good cereal. Yeah. In 06, uh, there was a Neopets Island Berry Crunch. I don't ever remember seeing that. that oh, dude, cool. there are so many, so many cereals. So yeah. many. And in 2019, uh, Lucio O's came out. I don't know if you've ever played Overwatch. He's a character uh, Overwatch. No, I have not played Overwatch. The only thing I know about Overwatch is it fucking was like real big boon to the porn industry. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting too because Lucio in the game is supposed to be like a DJ. Is that the one with the goggles? Yes. Okay. So it kind of makes sense. Like he's like a marketing guy that's like trying to get his name out and it's just like making products. Yeah, so it's, it's a little like, meta. Yeah. That's uh, it's clever of them. Yep. I wonder how much money they spent making a meta marketing campaign. <laughs> that's what I got. That's that's what you got. All right, so we can lighten the mood a little bit from your <laughs> bullshit. I would like you to open your search engine. Okay. Yeah, and I just found go. some things based on how much you uh, like mascots. Oh, okay. <laughs> so first I would like you to look up Ricicles. Okay. R-I-C-I-C-L-E-S. Ricicles, okay. Uh, and Captain Rick. R-I-C. Oh <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at the Ricicles. It's like, it looks like maybe like uh, Rice Krispies, but they have like a little astronaut mascot. Uh, your next one is the Quisp. So it's just Q-U-I-S-P. Cereal. Oh, I saw this guy last night, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's a... Uh, 
I don't know what he is exactly. Kind of like a... What I have as a description is pink beanie propeller. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. A little bit of Quail Man resemblance, too, especially with the belt that says Q on it. Yeah. <laughs> is, I miss, and then the last one is the one that you are going to like the most, and it's the Big Mac or Big Mix, B-I-G-G-M-I-X-X mascot. Oh, okay. Two X's. Nice. And it is described as having um, the antlers of a moose, the snout of a pig, the fur of a wolf, and the head of a rooster. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I see it all. You said moose, too, right? Yeah, antlers. Yeah. That's a cool dude. Yep. So I'm actually glad I had that, because that's literally just uh, labeled things Adam will like make him look up. <laughs> <laughs> the next part Thank is... Thank you. <laughs> I have a little quiz. Uh, I have a bunch of cereals here. Okay. With, like, small descriptions. Most of the descriptions are them being described as other cereals, because there's okay. only about seven cereals. Yeah. Um, and you have to tell me whether or not I made them up. Ooh, okay. Do you have a pencil? I have a pen. Uh, uh, yeah, that that'll work? be fine. I literally, the second I said that, was like, I'm the only one in the world who just uses pencils all the time. All right. So the first one is chicken and waffles. Ooh. And it is pretty much honeycomb, but with little... Uh, freeze-dried oh i get descriptions too yeah yeah you did say that. yeah it's honeycomb with little freeze-dried chicken bits ah well let's go through my logic i mean chicken and waffles popular breakfast food but maybe only more recently in the mainstream i think this is real um this is 100 percent real nice and it's like a huge weird uh people are trying to make keto diet jokes online and somebody made this, so they're just getting all kinds of fucking ad, like free advertising from people being like, you guys think that fucking meat cereal's gross? Because in order to find this, I typed meat cereal. <laughs> <laughs> but is it keto? No, it's the not. Waffle part it's not. Really Everyone's just making like uh, fucking rings of goats jokes, like honey bunches of goats or whatever jokes oh, okay. for like keto <laughs> diet things and people are like well you think it's gross but this is a successful cereal company that like was questionably like successful before and is successful now because of all of the keto jokes that keep being made on reddit that people keep fucking bringing the cereal up <laughs> yeah. to point out um the next one is jurassic park crunch and i don't know what it was Ooh. i couldn't find like a picture of it well so it's real then <laughs> i mean i could be lying I would have said it's real regardless of your last statement. That is real yeah. because they literally made cereal about pretty much everything we've ever seen. Definitely, especially in the 90s. Uh, no problem O's. Um, there's Simpsons, like Cheerios, but frosted. Ooh, no problem O's. I say this is fake. Yeah. It's real as fuck. Dang. Um, I think it's the only Simpson cereal, too. And it's just Bart on the cover. It's like no problem, but they, they didn't put no problem man, which is his actual. Yeah, I was like, going to say, right? it's, it's like vaguely reminiscent They've, of Bart. <laughs> yeah, the cover makes sense because you can see he's kind of mouthing the man part. Huh. Um, Gummy Bears, which is pretty much Lucky Charms with like 
they tried to put gummy marshmallows in. Mm. This one's tough because there was a show called Gummy Bears. That's what I was after. Oh, okay. So it's real. Fake. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it <tricks> me. <laughs> Do you know how many of this exact style game show I listen to? <laughs> um, Cabbage Patch Kids, which is also just honeycomb. Cabbage Patch Kids. I can't say they're all real. I'll say it's fake. That is real. Dang it. Pow Pops, which is... Uh, do you know what pops are? Yeah, like... The, uh, like yeah. this corn pop thing. Puffed yeah. corn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pow Pops. So I'll go fake. That is fake. Nice. Uh, Smurf Berry Crunch. I actually saw this it's one last all night. Berries. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is the this is why I had to like really hope that you did just look up a list of all cereals ever. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, I looked at this one article. It was a New York Times article, and it was like just by the decade. And the Smurf Berry Crunch was the one where they're like, yeah, it just got super commercialized and like franchised out. <laughs> yep. So the next one is Oreos, which is just Oreo in a circle. I feel like I remember this one, so I'm going to say real. That is real. Nice. Was that a 90s? Do you know? That's still out, Adam. Oh, it still exists. Why yeah, I, like I think that? it wasn't even made till like 2000. Um, Nesquik, which is just Cocoa Puffs. It is not called Nesquik cereal. It's just called Nesquik. <laughs> Fake. Uh, it's real. Dang it. I thought you were trying to trick me again. Right? There. You think I'm using my incredible <laughs> acting skills? Um, Cinnabon, which is literally tiny little Cinnabons. I think that's real. That is real. <laughs> uh, ben 10's Ultimate Cereal, which is Lucky Charms, but instead of the marshmallows, they're Ben 10 monsters. Mm, fake. Fuck. You know that I like Ben 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I did factor that in. I was like, but that's um, why he found that one. <laughs> Dr. Fetman's transformative grape nuts. They're grape nuts. They're just grape nuts. And what's the doctor's name? Fentimins. I'm going to say fake. That is fake. Fentimins makes a rose-flavored soda that Ooh. I like. Sounds delicious. Um, the next one is Hidden Treasures, which is a corn cereal filled with fruit frosting. Corn cereal filled with fruit frosting. Hidden Treasures. That sounds real. That's real, and I've <laughs> eaten it, and I used to like it, and I saw pictures of it and almost threw up. <laughs> um, they stopped making it in 1995. Dang. But it started in like the eighties, and they—that means the weird frosting they were putting in it was definitely poison. Yeah. Um, sugar crisps, which is just also corn pops. I think that's real. That is in fact real. Uh, high pro, which is cornflakes. High pro. What this is like the healthy cornflakes? Uh, it's yeah. I mean, they're just cornflakes. There's an entire genre of just different named but literally cornflakes yeah i'm gonna say fake uh hypro is real dang it uh riced corn which is tiny cornflakes riced corn um i mean this has definitely existed did they call it that i don't think so i'll say fake uh that is in fact fake and then the last one is concentrate which is just <laughs> 
cornflake pellets. I feel like I remember this, and this was a healthy marketed one. I'll say real. This one is 100% real, and its emblem is just a giant C that says <laughs> Oncentrate in the middle. <laughs> so, like, in my brain, I just read it as Oncentrate because the C is too big to be part of the word. Yeah. So I think you, you won this by, yeah, pretty close. by quite, no, quite a large margin. You only got six wrong. Nice. And you got 12 right. Oh, hell yeah. Which means you win. <laughs> oh, there's an actual prize? Well, it's junk that I had in my room. <laughs> but it's a cute patch of Bernie Sanders uh, sitting wearing his oh, yeah, gloves and jacket. Nice. Thanks, dude. That's awesome. You're welcome. Why I have that, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> but that's all I had. And I'm glad that all I prepared was a nice, uplifting fucking thing, because what yeah. you said was awful. Everything was bad, and cereal is not good. Yeah, I know. It just bummed me out. I'm like, man, so I've ruined um, candy, board games, and cereal. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, just really, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of our lives are better for it, yeah. because now we can make good ethical uh, free-range board games and <laughs> non-slave labor cereal oat byproducts. Yeah, slavios. <laughs> oh. uh, well, so if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at Jane Fritz, J-A-I-N underscore Fritz with an S on both Instagram and Twitter. Yep, and I am VR Frittatas. Like the breakfast food on Instagram, VR Frittatas. Um, then we also have the official UPP Twitter and the UPP Twitch. Uh, you can find us on Twitch. We are UPP underscore Playa, spelled P L A Y A. And you can also follow my other account that uh, my wife and I stream games. That is Andy underscore Pants. Andy, A-N-D-E-E-Underscore-Pants. Thanks for listening. You got anything else? I mean, yeah, actually, if anybody's interested in starting a sci-fi audio short story book club, get a hold of me. You got the contact now. All right, later. Bye. He's like, yeah, my neighbor. He's talking about how basically he Tom Segura got rich in the last handful of years. He's like, I moved into this super fancy neighborhood. You know, I'm talking like entertainers. There's even a senator. And he's like, I'm one of those senators. And he tells this whole like really fucked up story. And he's like, I, well, I won't reveal his name, you know, but let's just say he's Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess their neighbors is kind of crazy.